FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 390 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, decapitate your date, Venable, and I'm joined once again by special flashback co-host, Cameron. I was just doing laps around the pool, Sinclair. Hey. <laughs> hey oh, what's happening? <laughs> I was just in the pool. <laughs> doing laps. That's right. Laps. I'm still in my bikini, though. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Ah. <sighs> I mean, you'll never know this video. This chat doesn't have video, so we're... That's, that's true. I'm just I'm taking you at your word. <laughs> we're in a very professional <laughs> podcast. Very serious. Yeah, full, full three-piece suit. Um, <laughs> and your X-Men bow tie. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so we're going to talk about X-Men 4 through 7, which at one point in these issues is called the Omega Red Saga. Um, <laughs> I, I guess saga is mostly appropriate for a four-issue story, maybe. But um, yeah, it's definitely the introduction of Omega Red. So <laughs> a little oversells it a little bit, maybe. But right, right. It's a story, so why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I'm trying to see, because it doesn't actually say, and I meant to look this up, but maybe I'll, if we get a if we get a break in the conversation, I may, I may try to Google it. I don't remember if Jim Lee is sole creator of Omega Red, or if he's co-creator. Uh, I don't know that either. And it doesn't say in here, so let's see if I can find something real fast here. In 2009, in 2009, that's how you say that. In 2009, he was ranked 95th greatest comic book villain of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and he was co-created by John Byrne. Okay, yeah. Okay. So Jim Lee with with an assist from John Byrne. Um, well, he's the right. He's the not the right. He's the scripter. Is that how they're defining it in this. Yeah, yeah, for the first few of these. Um, Lee is, is uh, pencils and plot. And yep. Script, I think, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. But um, Omega Red, who was a, uh, I, you know, I guess we'll talk about more as we go through, but my, my memory of him from the, at least the 90s anyway was a really good, Wolverine slash X Men villain, um, you know, kind of the kind of almost if Sabretooth is the, like the personality opposite of, of Wolverine with the same power set, then Omega Red's kind of the opposite power guy. <laughs> you know, like you know, like your old time supervillains all or superheroes always had like the one villain that was like the opposite power, you know, and uh, so I feel like Omega Red with his death factor was the opposite of Wolverine's. Healing factor, and that always kind of really intrigued me. Um, so I was really curious to see 
how this introduction would hold up. So I guess that's what we'll kind of kind of talk about as we go through these. Do you have any specific like memories before you, you actually started reading these? Um, honestly, my main memory of Omega Red is this storyline, and then the the card from those Marvel trade cards that they sold in the nineties. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember I had like several Omega Red cards. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I always thought Omega Red, and I, I think this my opinion of my my this opinion didn't change with rereading this. I always felt like Omega Red was could have been better than he was. Like uh-huh. he's interesting uh-huh. in theory. I will. I I really like the the Soviet the kind of Cold War idea, especially in this era as a kid, really learning the details of of Wolverine. Wolverine's past as we're kind of getting introduced to these new things, especially because, you know, being into history and all that as I was also at the time, like that, I really liked all that. And, but I, I don't know. I never felt like they never, I never felt like they did anything with Omega Red that was particularly that exciting. At least I don't remember that there, there may be ones that, that I didn't read as you know, but, and then I just don't remember, but I just remember seeing Omega Red as, as a, as someone who probably should have been cooler than he was. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to start with X-Men number four. Just crapped on the whole thing right at the beginning. <laughs> there you go. I did need to do that because I do like Omega Red, just to make sure that that's clear. Just Right. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so this is the resurrection and the flesh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> fleshy. Um, this is a Lee Byrne Williams, Orzakowski, Harris, Rosas, DeFalco epic. It doesn't actually spell out who does what, but I think we know from credits on the other issues and then just kind of how things work that uh, Lee did the pencils and plot, John Byrne did the actual words, Williams, Scott Williams is the inker, and then Tom Orzakowski is the uh, letterer, and then Rosas was the colorist. So, that's probably the uh, the uh, credits we'll go with. On the cover, we have a stark red background, and then we have our X-Men facing us. That'd be Wolverine, Gambit, and Jubilee. And then we have this hand, almost with like a um, dark side or apocalypse kind of like gauntlet over the fing- the red hand gloved hand and it's got a big omega on, on the on the back of the hand and then we have like almost like this squid tentacle <laughs> tapeworm yeah. thing coming out of the hand and um what, what do you think of the cover um i i love this cover all of these covers this again as we've said on this as i've said a number of times in this podcast i think jim lee's still probably my my favorite artist so pretty much everything he does i'm a huge fan of and this cover i think is is great i was i like all three of these characters a lot and i like the uh the hands very ominous yeah yeah it's pretty cool and in wolverine's face he's uh very feral and ferocious i like gambit's kind of like cocky but determined smile <laughs> this <laughs> uh and we got every like Jim Lee's like okay, um, Gambit, Gambit, I need you to do the trench coat, 
<laughs> I, I need to do the floppy hair. I need the trading cards and the bow staff. All right, got it. <laughs> I can show like 10% of Gambit and still hit all of the characteristics. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a pretty great cover. It's uh, pretty nice. So, what happens in this one, you may ask yourself listening to this podcast. Um, some ninjas resurrect Omega Red. We'll find out later. That's the hand. Uh, Wolverine and Rogue lose to Jubilee and Gambit in a basketball game. Moira has a bad dream. Xavier helps Broke Jaw Banshee comfort her with telepathic words until Rogue explodes literally on the scene. Meanwhile, Fenris is interested in Omega Red for the upstarts. Also, meanwhile, Gambit tries to steal a kiss from Rogue but gets a punch instead. Later, Wolverine, Jubilee, and Beast crash Gambit's date with Rogue. I don't know how we got from the punch to the date, but, you know, <laughs> I, I guess Gambit... <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to try to explain that with me without me sounding incredibly misogynistic. So we'll just uh, maybe talk about that when we have notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Moira leaves the mansion as Cyclops. Never, the romantic expert, gives Banshee some really bad love advice. Uh, the group date gets ambushed by henchmen in Omega Red, whose quote-unquote death factor makes the X-Men really ill. We also know that Wolverine and Omega Red have a past and an unfriendly one. Maybe Logan killed him? I don't think it's going to quite... So, spoilers, not. But that's how, when I first read this, I was like, oh, did Wolverine kill him? Um... Ironically, Moira's cab drives right past the scene of the, the crime, and that's where we end up for Chapter 1 of Omega Red. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of this first scene? Because we had seen Omega Red's coffin in an interlude in the first three issues. I don't remember exactly which issue it was, but and here we find out what they stole and why. Um, so what do you think of this kind of this two page intro to uh, Omega Red there it's pretty good it's a good yeah. reintroduction it's a really great uh, a great panel of him standing there although he's genitalless which is kind of weird <laughs> he's, he's uh, crotch shadowed yeah shadowed but I feel like if you know <laughs> it's not covered enough to to really cover it. So it kind of just right. looks like he doesn't have genitals, which maybe he doesn't. I don't know. And uh, Matsuo has a Wolverine trading card. Which is-, <laughs> is it a trading card or is it a framed photograph? Because I feel like it's kind of like reflective. Um, I like this better if it's a headshot. <laughs> right. This Wolverine headshot. I got this from Wolverine's agent. <laughs> Because he's in his cowboy hat. So, who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Try to do a little spaghetti western action on the side. Yeah, yeah. The 70s that Wolverine doesn't remember. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) He had a whole whole arc as a character actor on uh, spaghetti westerns. Right. (laughs) I could see him in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. his Clint Eastwood phase. There you go. 
Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, the first part is interesting with, you know, kind of the, all these people dying to bring it back, which is the hands and the chanting was a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he kills the scientists as well, which is very kind of um, Stranger Things. Right? These guys in the spacesuits or the hazmat suits trying to bring something out of the abyss and then they, they, they all die for their troubles. Um, yeah. It's an interesting mix of mystical and science in this first panel. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting because that they don't have any more mystical after that. Like if you have this one <laughs> moment with the laying on hands, like they're doing something, something, you know, mystics with the praying and all this. And the, I guess, you know, the hand, of course, they come into this later. They have some mystical things going on in their stuff sometimes. Right. And then science. But then after that, it's just science. Mutants yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know what the purpose of that was other than just to kill a bunch of people in the first panel, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In the show, because they, they talk <laughs> kind of right off the bat about, um, oh, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, because the mutant death factor seems well with intolerable weight. Is that no? And so you, you kind of find out right away that like his his power is death. I mean, basically. <laughs> and so, and that kind of contributes to his look. You know, he's all white skinned, kind yeah. of the, the the pale horseman, or almost a vampire zombie type look. Especially when he first comes out, he's got all those those ninety. Uh, I guess he, leprosy that was <laughs> common in nineties comics. Um, the little scaly squares that people get. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I thought of an example I was trying to think of, you know, I was talking, I was talking about Omega red being the opposite and I drew a blank. Now I was thinking of like, you know, green lantern and then, you know, having the yellow bad guy, Sinestro, like, <laughs> yeah. like, the kind of opposite canceling out power. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyway, back to the comic at hand. Um, what did you think of the whole basketball I, I scene? Said pyro, maybe. We could throw that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pyro, one. anyway, right. that's not important. But. What did you say? I'm sorry, what did you say? No, I was, ta- I was asking what you thought about the whole basketball scene. I thought it was fun. I think it was very... Uh, it was very Claremonty. Uh huh. Kind of have yeah. a, a random scene of just them just hanging out and having a good time. Yeah, I wrote my note. It's like all the old Claremont baseball scenes, but basketball because it's more nineties. Yeah. It's, it's hip, hip, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because basketball was much cooler in the nineties. Um, yeah. And I would contend still is, but you know, it's not. I, th- I think in the 90s, there was a little bit of a slump where people didn't like baseball as much. <laughs> yeah, well, plus, I think... Plus, yeah. NBA Jam had come out, so everyone was like... Even Jubilee in this comic is like, is it the shorts? Is it the shoes? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you had the, you know, the dream team and all that. Right, on this. yeah. So basketball was huge, and baseball was... Until, until you know, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco started doing all those drugs... Baseball got pretty boring for a while there. <laughs> and then all those guys right. pulled it up and, and brought a lot of attention back to baseball. But then, of course, that all uh, turned out poorly. And so I think baseball's back to, to being 
I mean, I mean, there's tons of people that love baseball, and I like it. I like it fine too. But it's definitely, I think, as far as popularity, it's waned. Although I don't know, I don't know what the numbers are for that. Since there's like a million baseball games, it's hard to compare. Right. It's hard to compare their season because they play so much. Yeah. Anyway, turn this anyway, into a yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this week on X Men and Sports. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a fun little scene, and you know everyone gets kind of, kind of agitated. You know, the, the no powers and suddenly going into powers. Jubilee shoots some fireworks. Um, you know, there's a part where Wolverine like, like Gambit can't miss until Wolverine like slices the goalpost and it like bends yeah. over. That's pretty fun, and then we end up with Gambit's gonna, gonna charge and blow up the basketball. Um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty fun scene. And, you know, Gambit's in his ponytail, which he'll make fun of later, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and seeing Wolverine in high tops was an interesting little... Um, <laughs> yeah. They all have, both Gambit and Wolverine both have high tops on. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like Gambit, like, just rolled out of, like, a 90s hip-hop video. Yeah. He's like, been- he definitely could be an, an extra in the Vanilla Ice video. Right. <laughs> or someone in the he's the he's the the B team for the Funky Bunch. I was about to say something about the Funky Bunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the uh, I like that they're playing a game, no powers, and then they just slowly start using their powers. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, um, yeah, poor Banshee can't talk to his, his lover because he had his jaw broken, which I guess also paralyzed his vocal cords. I can't understand why he couldn't talk very clearly. I never really understood exactly why he can't talk at all. But because, because from was- a guy who's had his jaw wired shut before, um, <laughs> yeah. it was not easy to talk and people did not often understand me. Right, I could at least make the attempt. Um, yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe because his vo- vocal cords were also—it was more than just his jaw being broken. Right, could be, could be. Maybe his vocal cords were strained or something. I don't know. Or maybe if he spoke, the vibrations because of his power. Oh, and hurt his jaw. I well, like that head cannon. That's good job. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So since his jawbones hurt, you know, he doesn't want to... Or it might blow his mouth open, right? The wired shit might bust it. Oh, right. Or or blow back down into his stomach and give him really bad indigestion. Yeah. Okay. All right. You figured it out. Yep. (laughs) Oh, speaking of this thing, I thought this was interesting. And it has... Is Banshee wearing an NYPD shirt? Is that a normal thing that we've seen before? No. Now, he does have law enforcement connections, and they do currently live in New York. But as far as I know, the stuff he'd done in the past was more like, um, uh, not CIA, but uh, like Interpol. Like, he was an Interpol yeah. guy. Yeah, um, it was the NYPD. It caught my attention just because... <clears throat> After 
right? That was the big thing for a while as to wear the, you know, the FDNY shirts and NYP uh-huh. shirts. And like a lot of TV shows and, and stuff put that into their shows. And I, I remember that being a new thing, but then seeing this exactly 10 years before, I thought that was interesting. It just kind of caught my eye. Yeah. When I first saw it, it made me think of a, you know, like a, not like a post 9-11 comic. Right. Uh, it was right. Just 10 years ahead of time. Maybe he was a big fan of NYPD Blue. Maybe. Maybe. He liked, he liked the, uh, the shock TV <laughs> that, that that was, apparently. <laughs> did his friends his butt. Yeah, just, right. Uh, little Ricky Schroeder getting a, a second. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it just caught my eye because I thought it was an interesting thing that I didn't I didn't remember that being a thing that people wore those shirts until 9-11. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, I just, maybe I'd missed some connection before, but not nothing I know of. Nothing I know of. All right, well, we didn't solve that one. No, uh, uh, one for two is not bad. We'll we'll keep we'll keep scores we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, use, we'll use baseball rules, so we're batting five. Right. So there you go. I tell you what, if you can explain how um, Lady Fenris's wardrobe works, <laughs> <laughs> then um. <laughs> Yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So Fenris, I, I, yeah, we're not, we're a ways away from X Men and Uncanny like coming back together in a very like, in order kind of way. But I did think it was interesting because Upstarts is something that John Byrne and Fortasio introduced in Uncanny. Um, the idea of the Upstarts trying to kind of take over the Hellfire Club and, and who all is involved and not involved. So we see them kind of cross over here indirectly. Um, so I thought that was interesting for sure. Yeah. I do have to say that I really think the name Upstart is a really dumb name. <laughs> it sounds very dinky for what appears to be an effort to replay World War II. Right. Between Japan and the Third Reich or the Fourth Reich, as they call it in the later issue. Right. And then the upstart seems like such a funny... It just seems like a, a young kid who's just trying to make a name for himself. Right. Not, you know, global domination. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I also thought I hadn't seen anything with Finris in a long time that I remember anyway. And it made, yeah. me, think the, it made me think of the, the show on Fox... Yeah. That uh did you ever watch that show? I did. Yeah, we watched all of it. Oh, okay. Is it done? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I just had the what, two seasons, I think. Yeah, two or three. I don't know. I didn't know if it I hadn't heard anything about it, so I didn't know if it got cancelled. I'm pretty sure it did. There was talk about because yeah, it ended kind of like Legion with all the all the Fox transition stuff with X-Men coming back to Disney and Marvel all that stuff just kind of got stopped (laughs) that's a bummer because they uh, because if I remember right it ended with a Mm -hmm. um, somewhat of a cliffhanger right yeah like almost a Days of Future Past type tease yeah pretty big it's a pretty big if I remember correctly I haven't watched it in a while but 
<clears throat> I remember it being pretty big. I, I thought the show was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but I thought it was an I thought it was a really interesting parallel with what the movies were trying to do, even though the uh-huh. movies were hit or miss at times. But yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I, the second season kind of lagged a little bit, but or the last season, whether it was two or three. I don't remember. Yeah, whatever it was. But, um, but no, I, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. I haven't finished uh, Legion Season 3 yet. I'm like halfway through. I need to finish ah, it. Yeah, I, I so, love that show. It wasn't on Hulu for a long time. Season ah, three. okay. So, <clears throat> I finally, uh, I need to finish that soon. But anyway, yeah. I read that the marvels is going to do an x-men thing pretty in the near future i don't i haven't really heard much about it but oh that'd be good gonna do something to bring him into the the marvel universe whatever that's gonna be right we'll see if they just try to do it all over again probably <laughs> I do probably so i didn't ever see uh phoenix saga you know, it wasn't as bad as people say. I actually <laughs> didn't, didn't. I I enjoyed parts of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get uh, Jack to watch watch all the X Men with me. So we're on first class right now. So. Okay. I'm gonna watch them all and then then watch Phoenix since it's on HBO now. But not that I really needed to. I just. Felt like I wanted to. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Why not? Quarantined. At the, at the very least, it's worth seeing. Yeah. That, that's I, what I, I, actually, I actually kind of liked it. So, um, I don't, I'm not sure why I got quite all the hate it did. I think some of that was just left over from Apocalypse. But. Yeah. I read a couple of pretty good reviews of it at that, that I mean that were well done reviews that I thought were, were explained uh, some of the ideas some of the hate a little bit so right. anyway I'll get sidetracked yeah. on that I'll, I'll <laughs> do one of these days yeah alright so um, then Sorry. Gambit uh, <laughs> tries to, to kiss Rogue I like that Jubilee's in the background like Barfing, like sticking her finger in her mouth, that's really fun. Um, and real guys, like she kind of maybe wants to kiss him, and then she punches him instead. Um, you know, mostly because of her her power, um, and it scares her. But Gambit's like, hey, but don't nobody know how Gambit loves a challenge, <laughs> which is like, okay, I don't. <laughs> Not sure about that, but um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's the nineties, man. It's the nineties. The the men know what the ladies want, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Even when they don't. Uh, yeah, that's uh okay. Not not very me too. Um, but um, yeah. And then Wolverine's like um, since he only plays for beer, and then he. Turns out maybe he was throwing the game a little bit because he throws the ball over his shoulder and it goes off of the board, kisses the glass into the net, and Jubilee's like, uh... He's like, I only play for a case of beer. (laughs) So... Yep. 
And then uh, Moira ugly, cl- ugly cries all over Banshee. Poor, poor. She's like a zombie in one panel and then <laughs> a maniac in the other panel. She's really going through something. Yeah, she is. Um, very <laughs> upset about about being called out for how she treated Magneto and how she feels like the X-Men can't trust her anymore. There's her home, but she can't stay. Um, it's all very, very melodramatic in, in typical X-Men fashion. Yeah. Um, then we get Gambit with a cigarette and his motorcycle. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that uh, panel, the scene where he's the smoke coming out of his nose. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes. Yeah. Very detailed. Um, and then we get lots of uh, pop culture references on that next page when Rogue comes out in her dress. Which I really, I thought Rogue's dress is pretty cool because it's pretty fashionable, but still enables her to to control her power like by having really no skin at all other than her face. That was a pretty cool design. Um, yeah, so too. Then we get uh, Taco Bell and Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah. Her, and then um, uh, I think Gamma's right. There's something I prefer not to do in a group. Because <laughs> they really, they really, uh, Wolverine and Jubilee are like, hey, we're going to come. And then when he's like, there's no room on my motorcycle. And then B shows up in a Jeep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty funny scene. I, I actually enjoyed the interactions here quite a bit. Um yeah, and then more more stuff with Moira as she actually leaves, and Banshee's very dejected. <laughs> Cyclops is like, ah, don't don't go after her. She'll come back. If you really love her, the best thing to do is just pretend that you don't. <laughs> yeah. So stand silently as the right. fall on you. Right, right. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. If there's anything we've learned in life. There's nothing you can do. That's right. <laughs> But speaking of dates and romance and chivalry, so <laughs> part of this ambush, you know, Rogue's on the back of Gamma's motorcycle, and he sees this tripwire across the road, right? Typical, like, you know, way to get rid of a motorcycle guy, right? We see we see it in Indiana Jones, Star Wars, with the speeder bikes, you know. Mm-hmm. You, do the, you do the wire across the road, it's going to take out the road. So Gambit sees it and then ducks without saying anything. So the road catches this thing like right in the face. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> if I was Rogue, that would have been the deal breaker, <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> on, on this yeah. relationship. <laughs> like it should have been. But so somehow he not only did Connor into going out on a date after she punched him, but then he he almost gets her decapitated. Um, which you know her her nigh of vulnerability, you know. May I mean I guess you could say he knew, right? Oh, I can't take this, but she can. But that's still pretty sorry. You know, at least said, "Hey, babe, duck" or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or, or skidded the motorcycle down or something. I don't know. There you go. Right. Or just yelled at her to fly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Lots of different options. But oh. um. But she takes the uh, she takes the string right right in the neck, uh, and cuts her head off, and that's the end of Rogue. Uh, rest in rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until the movies. <laughs> 
Well, we see something we don't normally see where we have these hand operatives who aren't dressed like ninjas. Yeah, it took me a minute to even get that they were supposed to be the hand. I I don't think it was even this issue. I think it was a couple issues later that I was like, oh, I think those, I thought they were just like Omega Red guys, but no, I they're. I think it's like the issue after next where they actually spell that out, or maybe it was yeah. There. But anyway, yeah. But I was like, what? This is like like little cyborg assassin guys, but yeah. Mm. And then we uh, we meet Omega Red's tentacles. And then we see. Other guys drop out of the trees. We get some good fighting. Um, Then the Jeep crashes and the X-Men come out in uniform, which I went and looked back. I don't think those shoulder flats fit under the the jacket that Wolverine was wearing. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't think so either, but it looks like. But we do see that we've caught up to his uniform change. You know, we talked about that in the uh, Wolverine 50 episode where he he tears off his brown and orange for the last time and, and gets a new costume. And so in our first X-Men arc, he was in the other costume, and now he's, he's in this one, so everything is uh, aligned from Wolverine's wardrobe. So that's good. Yes. What do you think of this, this costume, Cameron? I love this costume. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, the, this whole uh, era of the X Men, I, I like, especially like Cyclops. All these, all these versions are the ones that I, I think I pretty much my favorite ones. I guess I don't know. It's hard to say favorite, but right, you like them a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I like uh, Hello Blue. I'm a fan. Me too. Mm-hmm. Good designs. Um, yeah, and then we find out about Wolverine and Omega Red having a past. Um, and obviously not a very friendly one. And that's kind of where we where we end up. Yep. And then somehow the hand guys have a whole ambulance <clears throat> costume set up that they're able to find. Right. <laughs> yeah. So pretty weird. Weird and kind of funny. Like, because it does seem to happen pretty quickly. Like, oh, all right, bring out the ambulance, bring out the scrubs. Yeah. It's very strange. And then, of course, Moira won't even look, so she just misses. Right. Their costume is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's sad, I guess, it's both, actually. Yep. Very good. Well, um, I... And going to grade and talk about these kind of all the same. Did you want to do separate issue by issue grades or wait till the end? Yeah, we do it all together. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. So obviously we love the art and I thought John Byrne's writing was pretty good. Um, but I think that's going to take us in to number five. Episode five. All right, so this one we got the same, the same uh, crew. Although now I can't find the a little bit. I mean, we do specify this one that Jim Lee does plot pencils. Oh, here it is, Uh, right here. Yeah, John Burns a script. Scott Williams. Oh, we add some other people. Art Thibbert, Tibbert, Thibbert, Tibbert, Tibbert. Tibbert. There you go. Yeah. Bob uh, Wycheck, Joe Rubenstein, all those guys on inks. Yeah, and, lots of inkers. 
Tom and Lois on lettering, Joe Roses on coloring. So yeah, I added a few extra people for the inks. And then yeah, you know, normally that's not a good sign. Right? I think I think they do pretty well in this one. Yeah, although it's a weird thing to me for inks to need so many different people, but I it is not the right word. It, it's a weird. It'd be it'd be interesting to know what the story is as to why they needed four different people to ink. I it. I think <laughs> because Jim Lee turned his art in late. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds very uh, in a in a prequel. And a precursor to the uh, to the world of image, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, he was he was less egregious than his peers. But, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. So I love this cover. I yeah, it's a great cover. It's a really great cover. So it's uh, it's Omega Red and, and Wolverine fighting in a. A snowstorm. Omega Red has his coils around Wolverine's neck. Wolverine has his claws out, and we see like the uh, part of his forearm is torn away. So we see like the the casings of his claws and the adamantium. It's, it's pretty rad. And he got part of his forehead shaved off too, so you can see his adamantium skull. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty awesome. Omega Red has a nice headband. Yeah, the headband's a little weird, but I, the headband's a little cheesy, but I, I don't know why. I don't really know why, other than it just looks... I think it's because he's got such long, blonde hair that it makes it look... And especially because in this particular drawing of him, it's kind of... Instead of being directly around its head, it's kind of down, so it really looks like a girl's headband. Right. That Like its purpose is to hold his hair back. <laughs> some other cool purpose that maybe it might have otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. But like a tennis player or something. I don't know. There you go. <clears throat> anyway, blowback is the name of this is- issue. And so we open uh, with Cerebro recognizing a unidentified mutant, but it doesn't let them know that until he's pretty close. And then it starts going off. Everybody's panicking. Um, <clears throat> Forge finds out. We have a little Psylocke swimsuit edition. She shows <laughs> mentions that she happened to be swimming. And <laughs> Cyclops says, no time for levity, Cyclops. <laughs> Even though she didn't make a joke, she just said that she got scared. <laughs> right. Those are weird. Uh, but anyway, so... We start off with that. They basically say, let's go. Um, and then we flash to Beast, Rogue, Jubilee, Gambit, captured by the hand. Uh, then they easily free themselves because Gambit had a literal ace up his sleeve that he pulls out, energizes, blows up the van. They get out pretty easily and beat up the hand guys. And then the jet shows up with uh, Colossus and Cyclops, who jump out and try to help out with the stopping of the van. <clears throat> the van, the bad guys, the hand had rigged the van to blow up so they wouldn't be taken alive. But all it does is blow off uh, Colossus's shirt. But they find <laughs> Wolverine's mask, 
It looks like the old mask, which is kind it of... Is. It is. It's weird because they just... First of all, he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah. In the previous issue, but also he was not in that uniform. And so it is, it is weird that they're like, oh, here's an old Wolverine mask. They must have captured Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. And so Cyclops says we need to... We need Professor X. So then we... Jump to Wolverine and Omega Red having a pretty epic battle. The weird part about this, though, is that it's all in the snow, but there hasn't been any snow anywhere in this issue up to this point. <laughs> so I don't know where they went and how they got there so far. Because it looks like basically fall. Remember, just an issue ago, they were shirtless out playing basketball. Right. And now they're down the road and it's all in ice, which is a small issue, but it was a weird, it was a strange thing to me. Yeah, because this is before, this is before they go to Berlin, right? Because they mention like the flight in a couple of pages, don't they? I think so, yeah, because he takes Wolverine down or whatever. I guess, I don't know, it's hard to tell because also the, they're watching this battle the upstarts and the doctor they have are watching this battle. So I don't know where this is. So maybe they already brought him yeah. and are having Omega red fight. But the impression you get is that this is a continuation of what was just happening. Right. But I guess you don't know how long Gambit and them were locked up. Maybe it was a while. It uh, must've been. Yeah. And obviously Wolverine was not in the same vehicle as them. So. Yeah. so somehow they get to a snow area and they're being watched by the upstarts. But it does look awesome. <laughs> and oh, probability yeah. aside, it's a great couple of pages of fighting. Oh, as I said, it's an epic battle. It's a great a bunch of great panels, a lot of great fighting. And um, some laughing, some ominous laughing by Omega Red. Right, and so they're talking about their plan. They don't really tell you exactly what they're doing yet, but they're kind of talking about they're trying to get Wolverine somehow. So Omega Red, according to the Doctor, is about to kill Wolverine. Although we know that you can't kill Wolverine, but right, that's uh, as I often like to say. Remember that time Wolverine flew into the sun. So <laughs> we know, but anyway, they they say he's about to die. Um, and so they order Omega Red to stop. So he does. Now, at this point, we have a flash, a flashback in our flashback. There you go. He has a memory um, of his time in Berlin about 30 years ago, which would have been about 1961, right about the time the Berlin Wall was about to get put up. And he's remembering himself looking for someone who we will later find out is Arcady, the, the Omega red guy, I believe. Actually, I'm not positive. They ever spelled that out fully, but I, I don't know if they do in this story. Yeah. That, that Omega red is there, but the picture that he's holding of the Russian guy, I don't know if that's actually him or not, but it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> anyway. And then he's with someone who we will later find out is either Maverick or Sabretooth. But, yeah, this one's Sabretooth because he's tall. Maverick's just average. That's right. So that's Sabretooth. Yeah. Uh, or Creed is they'll introduce him. Is this, this isn't the first time they introduced the name Creed, is it? 
I didn't think so, but he sure acts like he doesn't know what his name is. Well, I think he doesn't remember that, but I don't remember. I. Yeah, I I made a note about that when it actually comes up, because I was pretty sure that he had said that before in his chronology, but. Yeah, that that sounds right, too. Or maybe he's just more like, why does this guy know my name? Maybe. And so that's a that's a tricky one. That's a, a retconny thing that may happen here in a minute. Right. Anyway, sometime nineteen sixty one, they're in Berlin. <clears throat> All right, we fast forward back to Wolverine being tied up uh, by the by the upstarts who are watching Wolverine, but we find out they're also being watched by spoiler alert, Maverick. This is the first appearance of Maverick too, right? Yes. I thought so. So anyway, <clears throat> Maverick is basically waiting, and he says no sign of Creed. So he's expecting Sabretooth to show up at some point, too. So we go back to Wolverine, who's in a very Weapon x pose, all tied up and hooked up to cables, as they're trying to extract a memory from him, which they haven't revealed yet what it is, but that they're trying to get some memory, where they lay out. So this is before... After after the X-Men get freed from the hand, but before uh, they go get Wolverine. So anyway, they say Gold Team is going to go meet Emma Frost and the Hellfire Club, while Blue Team is going to go and find uh, Wolverine. Yeah, and they're even in their dresses, which I thought was a nice yeah. continuity bit. The, the, yeah, right. the- Funny. The dresses they wear to Uncanny 281, they're dressed. So, yeah. Uh, that was like, a nice touch. I want to draw this, I want to draw this too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let me get back to my notes here real quick. Um, sorry. All right. So, yes, that's where they're going to go. All right. So, we go back to Wolverine. Um, he's confused, doesn't quite know what's happening. Uh, Maverick gets worried that they're going to either kill Wolverine or they're going to get the memory before uh, before he does. So he basically says he's going to mix it up, turns out the lights, and freeze Wolverine, who then jumps down, grabs a tube of something, and says he's going to get out of there. Makes a run for it. Omega Red chases him. While he's running, he then flashes back again back to his time in Berlin. Now we have him, Creed and Maverick together running. And then he jumps out of a building, out of a window, 10 stories down. But then Maverick scoops him up and they fly away trying to get Wolverine to his feeling healing factor to heal. And so we're kind of on a slower healing factor world here. Right, we're we're coming out of a story that never really gets resolved where um, his healing factor has still been working slow from from when the Reavers crucified him and he really Uh, did almost die. um, So we have a little bit of that carryover. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So Wolverine doesn't recognize Maverick. So he has no memory of Maverick. We introduced that fact as well. So Maverick is surprised because right. he thinks Wolverine would remember him. But um, 
All right, so we go back. Now, as he and Wolverine are leaving, Blue Team shows up to the place where the upstarts are, and they are going to attack them, too. Then we have a one-page Dazzler and Longshot story that kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and she's teleported to the Mojoverse. We get a little Mojo rising. All right. Mojo rising. And that is it. Yeah. yeah. Into this story. Yeah. So we're pointing out the doctor that the hand of employed is Dr. Cornelius, who was the doctor in the Weapon X story. Yes. Um, I have to write that down. And who looks kind of like John Byrne in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're starting to get some more of Wolverine's past. This is hot on the heels of the uh, the Shiva scenario where right. we started figuring out like memory implants and stuff, and now we know that there's a lot of memories he doesn't remember, and this Berlin one is obviously one of them as he doesn't remember uh, Maverick at all. Um, I like the tie-in that even in the old days, in the 60s, Maverick still had part of the helmet that was similar to what he's wearing now. What do you think of Maverick's design? Um, I don't know. I, I, it's, I don't like the face shield very much. It's, it, looks like, it looks weird. I always thought it kind of looked weird. Um, but he's okay. I don't know. He's he's so indicative of this era. Yeah, like with the giant oversized guns, the the huge gloves that go up to his biceps. <laughs> you know, everything's puffy on him, and the mask that doesn't cover his head, right? His face. The so random I, wires. I remember liking Maverick a lot at the time, but at, looking at it in this moment, I. He, he just feels like like an X-Force reject a little bit. A little bit. I actually prefer his uh, his CIA 60s costume. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little cool. It's a little more streamlined. Right. And I know the only difference really between him and the others is the face mask. I think the face mask works better yeah. on the simpler costume. Because you're right. He, just, he does look very much like just a 90s. He was like a 90s bad guy. Like, yeah. oh, here you go. Let's fight Deathlock or Cable or, you know, yeah. one of those guys. But, um, yeah, the, I, I thought it was really interesting because they, you know, he comes in and he, he, they keep talking about the Major um, and his information on Wolverine being correct or incorrect. So you don't really know. In this issue, they already say... I'm getting my notes mixed up a little bit. Is this, is this, does this issue confirm that he's like there to retrieve Wolverine, or is that not revealed yet? Um, I think it says it in this one. Okay, all right. He says, "My, my, uh, <clears throat> I'm here to get you out of here," or something like that. Right. Okay. Oh yeah, he says. He basically, he says, "You're lucky I was there to save you. Now just lie there and heal." what you do best no matter what anyone else anyone else says <laughs> yeah i like that line <laughs> and once you're fit we're out of here so you know he doesn't necessarily say why yet but he does the the idea that he is there to get wolverine out of this place yeah so so yeah um 
Otherwise, there, there's there's some good there's some good panels in here. There's a lot of good art, obviously, as always. Yeah, you know what? Though? I'm gonna I'm gonna take back my statement. I think I think there are some pages that look a little worse for having different inkers. Yeah, I could see that too, and I would say especially the uh, there's a couple of pages like just randomly throughout page. Uh, Oh, the app doesn't have page numbers on it. Just if I tap on this page seven, I think it, it they, clearly the ink is different. Not necessarily worse, but it looks older, like it was done in an older way. And then the Mojo Verse story is it looks looks like an eighties comic. <laughs> the way it's inked and drawn, even though I think it's Jim Lee still, but yeah, it should be still Jim Lee, but. It looks like uh, the way the way it's inked there. It looks like a. a oh yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Especially the close up on Alice and on Dazzler's face, mm-hmm. where she's got her hands on her chin. It doesn't yeah. look like it almost quits looking like Jim Lee at that point. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked almost the Mark Silvestri ish. Um, kind of funny onomatopoeia panel where the lights go out and we just get a charat and a snicked and a grrrna. Yeah. <laughs> and that was fun. As a Wolverine and Maverick hilariously break him out. You know, forever I tried to figure out what he was holding, the canister, but I think it's just the thing that was holding him prisoner. I don't know why he carries it away with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering as well. I thought maybe it had something to do with what the car, were, yeah, yeah, the, the carbonadium thing, but yeah. we find out later, like, that's a tiny little thing, and it's not here. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know why he's carrying this thing with him, but I, I guess we'll find out, or not find out. It's not uh, any of these issues. It never comes back, so I don't know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but he carries it even onto the next page. He's still carrying it. Yeah. So I don't know why. That's a weird. I didn't really think about it. I just kind of assumed it was part of it. But right. It doesn't do anything. And so why <laughs> has three three panels with him carrying this, <laughs> this thing that doesn't matter? This thermos this of coffee. Thing. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anything else on number five? Um, I don't think so. I think. We mentioned the uh, the swimsuit show, which is kind of funny, but yeah. it's over 90s. Yeah, also also shows what a 13-year-old mindset can do. Because I didn't even think it was particularly that hot. And I remember being like, ooh, when I was, you know, 13. Um, yeah. but I think Psylocke actually looks better, like, for example, on the cover to number six, where Jim Lee really, like, puts her in a good pose and... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so number six, um, Jim Lee just does the plot and art. Uh, Art T. Bear does the inks. Scott Lobdell comes in as a scripter. Uh, Joe Roses does the colors, and Tom Orjakowski does the letterers. So, Burn is out. Lobdell is in. Um, We have a Jim Lee and Art T. Bear cover. now, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the Jim Lee and Scott Williams team up. 
But Jim Lee yeah. and Steve Bear are really, they really work on this cover. Um, I First of all, I love Jim Lee's Sabretooth, and his redesign of the costume looks fantastic. Um, so basically, we have Sabretooth kind of hunched over, grabbing like an unconscious Wolverine by the shirt. Then we have Psylocke, very casual, chic ninja. Uh, <laughs> and she's kind of standing there with her sword, just kind of... Oh, I guess I'm holding the sword behind her. But she does have a cool bow staff with Maverick's mask, like, impaled on. I, I don't think I ever noticed that that was Maverick's mask on the top of that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty, I mean, all these, like you said before, all these covers are great. But I really particularly like this one. Um, yeah, me too. All right, so in this one, Cyclops, Beast, and Jubilee go to Berlin to rescue Wolverine from the hand. They find Omega Red instead, uh, what with his carbonadium coils and death factor pheromones, which Jubilee makes a fart joke about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Omega Red hates Wolverine, but may also need his healing factor to survive. Uh, meanwhile, Wolverine's mysterious benefactor artificially jumpstarts the ceiling factor with a syringe. Flashback, Logan, Creed, and Maverick steal the carbonadium synthesizer and make some cool 80s Depeche Mode tunes on it. Oh, no, wait, different, different synthesizer. Um, <laughs> but, but Creed shoots lady scientist Janice in the back. Omega Red needs a synthesizer to make tech. Oh no, sorry, no techno music to keep his own mutant and death factor from killing himself. Um, the team jumps out the window. Crean makes an interesting accusation about Logan being a mutant because he survived the fall, which we'll come back to that. Um, we have a long shot mojo interlude. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, back in Berlin. Gambit, Rogue, and Psylocke also try to rescue Wolverine, but run into Fenris. Uh, Fenris takes out Gambit, and Matsuo uses a post-hypnotic suggestion to uh, control Psylocke and take out Rogue with a psychic dagger surprise. Meanwhile, Logan wakes up and Maverick remembers their time as an international CIA squad. Logan doesn't remember him, however. Uh, Maverick is supposed to take him in to the major when Sabretooth shows up at the uh, um, hand house or hand base, which they are monitoring on their view screens. And they're like, oh, Sabretooth's there. We, we need to go there, too. Um, Matsuo, Ma- Matsuo called him in to find Wolverine. Sabretooth alludes to a shared shady past with Gambit. Put, put big asterisks by that. That's going to come back way down the road. But, um, yeah, that's a very early seed of Sabretooth and Gambit having a shared history and Gambit not necessarily being a, a great guy all the time in the past. Um, so Cyclops reveals that Sabretooth is being uh, the target of some killer Weapon X androids, which Sabretooth, of course, shrugs off because Sabretooth be Sabretooth. And, um Sabretooth uses Psylocke's psychic rapport to help locate Wolverine and Maverick, who he also does not remember. So, so Maverick has a memory advantage here. Um, it appears that Sabretooth easily subdues Maverick and a weakened Wolverine, but his orders are to return him alive. 
To be continued. To be continued. Yes. Yeah. So. Did you talk about the Dazzler long shot story? Not that I care, but. I said there was a long shot mojo interlude. That's oh, all I said. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear if you went over it or not. It's like four pages long. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a little bit longer each, each episode because we're building into actual there. They have an issue coming up. I don't remember if it's eight or it may it may drag all the way out to ten. I think eight eight may be the Ghost Rider one. I don't remember. Um, I've always had such a disdain for anything related to the Mojoverse and Longshot. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Oh. <clears throat> anyway. But yeah, this is. Oh, sorry. This chapter was called Farther Steel. <laughs> And Omega Red is in action, fighting our 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 X Men. Um, I like when he ta- or grabs Cyclops, and we have like the random optic blast. Uh, that looks pretty cool. Um, and we find out that they want to dig out the location of the card carbonadium synthesizer from Wolverine's memory. That's why they wanted him. Um, and yeah, we find out a little bit more about Maverick. Um, uh, the Creed, Creed uh, the breaking it. Right, what am I trying to say? Creed losing it and killing the uh, the spy lady. Yeah, yeah. The double. I think I called her a scientist. She was really more of a double agent. Yeah, double agent. And they were trying to extract her and the the instrument. Um, and of course, Creed doesn't want... I love Logan's face on the bottom there where he starts to go berserk. Yeah. Um, okay, so we get this this comment um, where they jump out of the window and they're like, oh, the body armor will save us. And they get to the bottom and Sabretooth's like, hmm, maybe Red ain't the only mutant in service to his country. You know, referring to, to Logan having some kind of powers, but I know the retcon is that he doesn't have claws yet, but he was always known in both of them, right? And even, doesn't Maverick have mutant powers too? Like, I guess I'm I'm confused on what they're trying to say here. Retcon is that he does have claws, they're just the bone ones. Well, right, right, right. That, but but, but him didn't... being a mutant's not a retcon, is it? Uh, who? Sabretooth? Sabretooth, Logan, any of them. Mm-hmm. I, where, I, so where I they, think they've always been mutants. I don't know why he says this, because because Maverick also says something about absorbing the impact, his mutant powers to absorb the impact. Is that in the present, or is that in the... Mem- the That's in the memories. This is, this is in the 60s. I think they all have. I think they're all mutants, and they all know that they're mutants. But they should. But I mean, know. obviously, what we know now, they would have had to because they would have already. But they also would have had to because um, we've read Wolverine Ten, and they had mutant powers, you know, back then. I think what's weird is that this is in the '60s, so this is pre-Weapon X. Yeah. 
So it's not like this. It's, it's not like they're on a mission after they got their mind tampered with. Because I could see that, right? Like Weapon X didn't let them remember they were mutants to help yeah. control them or whatever. But this is this is pre Weapon X. I just I don't know. That part just really kind of yeah. Unless it's a matter of that they are mutants, but they don't admit it to each other because it's not as common or well-known or accepted at the time maybe but, what but I don't, the, the, the fact that they're all together seems like they've created a mutant team and so yeah I, that's right that's a weird one it's a weird comment that that he would make and even if they didn't know necessarily each other or weren't brought in because they knew each other because they talk about you know Sabretooth from wherever he is Wolverines from Canada and Mavericks from Germany. Um, we know that Sabretooth and Wolverine have a history. So, yeah. and like I said, if this was post Weapon X, it can maybe make a little more sense. But ha- for them placing it so far back, it has to be before Weapon X. And so that part's just really weird. Um, though, well, maybe well, not. How. Maybe they're maybe they're pushing Weapon X back much further. Because and the only reason I say that is I just covered the Alpha Flight special where they talk about Alpha Flight's first mission and Wolverine was the lead, team leader. And he has yeah. adamantium claws. And they talk about the Fantastic Four being a fairly new thing. Which I had a question on that issue because I always felt like Weapon X was later but maybe the idea is that weapon x is like way early and i'm just not giving it credit but then wolverine should have had claws in this flashback i don't know it just doesn't all quite gel for me um yeah not and not just because of what we know now even what we knew then it doesn't quite (laughs) well in weapon x what white what wiped his memory or or whatever clouded his memory however we want to define it was the weapon x process but in this, at this point, so if this happened post Weapon X, then he would remember it, right? Not, not, no, not or necessarily. Or more memory tampering after Weapon X, I guess. Well, I guess. see, that's, that gets tricky too because it depends on how many missions you can retcon and accommodate between the time he got his claws and the time he escaped. Yeah. And whether he went on any missions. Because we know the Weapon X was keeping tabs on him and using him on missions before like all the Department H stuff, you know, all eventually kind of, that all kind of gets not directly tied together, but a lot of like indirect uh, I like to say it might work, dotted line connections. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's a weird comment. But yeah. but this and at this point, we're a long way from. I mean, these are like the first real snippets into Wolverine's past mm-hmm. that we were getting at the time. Beyond like this, we got some stuff about Japan in the past. We've gotten some of the stuff with with Alpha Flight, like you said, but. You know, this is where they're really beginning to kind of uncover uncover the past much farther back. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I don't know, it's, it's all kind of messy. And I don't think they were, were a long way for them really showing how much farther Wolverine and Sabretooth's relationship goes beyond this. Because for a long time, as readers, we assumed this was the, be- you know, whatever this is, what's happening here, is the beginning of their relationship until we get to... Well, no, I don't, I don't know. Because in Wolverine 10, uh, John Wilson brought up a good point. That there's, just because it's all woodsy and cavity doesn't mean it has to be old. It could just be really remote. Yeah. Like, I always read that issue as being old because of the, the style of the dress and the, the buildings and stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to be old. It could be more recent. Um, but even then, they – so I guess I guess really that kind of hinges, though, because if you bump that to more recently, then when they talk about having a past, it could be in this past that we're seeing right here. If you read Wolverine 10 as being older and the, and the Log Cabin story being older – then we know from that issue that Wolverine and Logan, I'm sorry, that Wolverine and Sabretooth had a past that had already gone back. And of course, later we find out that their past goes way, way back. But but no, I mean, yeah, I guess it's true, though. If you read Wolverine 10 as being more just rustic, but not necessarily old, then yeah, you would say that this is maybe the first time they came together. Because the... uh, it as old though so my point no longer so my point doesn't work for me because i (laughs) say that i remember i remember reading that and thinking it was like you know old like what we see in origins later right that it's like old old days right but but yeah i don't i don't know it's it's very obviously like we said it's it's a messy time as we have a number of different people trying to fill in the blanks for wolverine's past and so Right, right. And you have, you know, you have Larry Hammond doing his big thing and kind of, kind of was like, Jim was like, oh, I want a piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I mean, can you blame him? I mean, oh, yeah. And it, and it was, was the hot character. So, whatever it was, I ate this up like crazy. Oh, like, yeah. Anything yeah. about Wolverine's past, I, I couldn't get enough of Wolverine's past, right? It was just like, it was, I don't know, that was obsessed with it for, for a long time. Right. <clears throat> it's still the best part of the of the first Wolverine movie is that <laughs> the first 10 minutes of that movie. <laughs> right. Just that part. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. But, but even though on this one, though, because it doesn't say over tooth, I don't remember if it's this, this issue or the next one. Where he says, I've saved your butt many times before, and I'll have to save it again. I mean, um, I say that in this. And so we know they've been running mission, but but that still could say that this team is their first time together, just not that mission. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We get an awesome snicked with two claws around a guy's face when Wolverine wakes up. Um Maverick is is on the receiving end of that. Um, I did a, what you call it? What the oh three claw Monty? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like uh, Gambit's line about the uh, the bad guy wardrobe. Another bad guy with a ponytail. Uh, thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Do we get more flashbacks of Logan and Creed brawling? 
Um, that's that's always fun. Uh, adamantium eyelids is a is a fun joke. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. meet Sabretooth's kind of I guess assistant Birdie. Um, she'll stick around off and on for a little bit. I also don't know if you noticed, but on page on well, the comic is twenty two, so it's probably going to be like um, maybe seventeen or eighteen pieces. One where Sabretooth shows up with this big like kingpin jacket. Yeah. So if you look at the the the, the futuristic car with like the sliding door, mm-hmm. the label says Lexco, which I almost has to be a reference to LexCore for DC, yeah. uh, like Lex Luthor's Corporation. I thought that was really interesting, <laughs> like a fun a fun little nod. Um, but yeah, we have Fancy Sabretooth who who's so fancy he gets out of his car and then on his way upstairs puts on a tie. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that saber tooth all decked up like a mob guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I remember being really really intrigued. You know, we're finding out a lot about Wolverine's past, but then we get this offhand comment from Sabretooth about Gambit, and we're like, "Ooh, what's that?" And that that takes a long time to pay off, but. I remember being really, really invested in trying to figure out, you know, what was Gambit's secret past. Yeah. And then later, you know, and then of course later, well, what's Gambit's secret future? <laughs> so Gambit <laughs> gets a lot of the mystery treatment himself in the in the early nineties. Um, but yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Sabretooth slices him and tastes his blood and says, mm, "Spicier than I remember." Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little gross, but works. Yeah, yeah, a little gross, but works. But man, I, I, I really love this design for Sabretooth. It looks really good. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think yeah, that's a great panel. Okay. All right. Sewers. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, Sabretooth and sewers, man. He loves them some sewers. Yeah. Um, all right, what else you got on, on number six? Uh, nothing. I don't think so. I think we covered everything. All right. Well, moving on to number seven. All right. X Men number seven. Uh, same team, just about. Jim Lee plot breakdowns. Uh, art to bear finishes. Scott Lobdell dialogue. Don Wojciechowski lettering. Joe Rose's coloring. So. Um, this one, the cover on this one, I think is a really great cover where it's yeah. Wolverine's face and then Omega Red's face, like split down the middle, but where it's like two halves of the same face. Uh, I think I, re- I remember and still do really, really like this cover. Yeah. This will probably be the episode image, but yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic cover. I like the way they even Jim Lee. So not only does like the features match and the, the mouth and everything, but he makes Omega Red's headgear kind of mimic Wolverine's sideburns. Yeah. And that's also a really cool touch. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, so very cool cover. <clears throat> all right, so this one we open up with Wolverine once again, all tied up in the, a Weapon X pose. 
with the uh, the doctor and Matsuo trying to extract the memories. Uh, <laughs> Omega Red Wolverine says, "Why don't you just ask?" And Omega Red asks him where the carbon carbon adium synthesizer is, and he says, "I don't know." <laughs> I, I love it. He's like, oh, "I have no yes. idea," but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um, All right, so we got the – they're still trying to figure all this out. Uh, While they are trying to do this, we get more flashbacks to Berlin. Uh, The idea that they got there and and they had bad intel and the major didn't – whoever sent them there, they're there to get Janus and the carbonadium synthesizer. But the Russians who were creating their own super soldier, which of course we know is Omega Red – we're basically done. And so Omega Red is going to be part of this <clears throat> of this process. I like the idea of Omega Red. I like the idea of the Soviets having a super soldier. I think it's interesting that they had him, him be a mutant rather than like a version, just a Russian version of Captain America, uh, right. which is better, I think, better than it's not just a, just a copycat character. Um, anyway, so... They realize they have some bad intel on this. Um, then we flash to we'll, uh, Sabretooth carrying a tied-up Maverick with the couple of hand guys. Uh, but Sabretooth keeps saying over and over again, uh, nobody told me the kid was out of sorts, practically keeled over before I got the chance to bruise him. So he's really bothered by the fact that Wolverine was already really hurt, and so it wasn't much of a fight. But they make the comment that he keeps saying it over and over again, which, of course, stands out as a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Matsuo with a weird face mask on that's allowing him to read Wolverine's brain. Uh, he, they keep telling him to turn it up. The doctor says it's going to kill Wolverine. Uh, they say they don't care. And uh, Von Strucker hits, uh, hits the doctor in the head. And so <clears throat> the doctor in a somewhat quiet inner log is, beginning to lean up beginning to, but is really leaning heavily on his regrets about weapon X and how much Wolverine's already suffered. And so anyway, they turn it all the way up. They figure it out where it was or where the perfect opportunity to suppose they don't say where it's going to be yet, but they, Matsuo says he knows, uh, and the Von Struckers want to know. And so they say, kill Wolverine and the doctor starts to, but then Psylocke reveals that actually she was just pretending the whole time <laughs> Wolverine's idea so that they could find out where the carbonadium synthesizer was themselves. And so then she attacks Omega Red. <clears throat> um, then she messes with Omega Red's mind so that he thinks he's using his power to use his death factor on her, but he's not actually doing it. And so he's weak. She's strong. She knocks him down. She also kicks Matsuo in the face, um, which works out well because he's a character that it's nice to see get kicked in the face. Right. Uh, at that exact moment, then Maverick kicks the hand guys in the face and reveals that Psylocke was controlling Sabretooth that whole time. And so that he wasn't really locked up. So he kills the hand guys finds out where everybody is, and they head up, head on up. And so now we have more fighting going on. Um, 
Maverick starts to free the other X-Men, but then Matsuo, at the same time, knocks out Psylocke, which frees Sabretooth, so then Sabretooth attacks the X-Men. So you got a lot of brain control coming in and out here. Yeah. And so now we're back to Sabretooth fighting. Um, In this moment, then Wolverine breaks himself out of all of it in a pretty amazing panel while he shatters all these boxes and then followed by another amazing panel where he attacks uh, yeah. Omega Red. Fantastic. And very fantastic. And so then, of course, Sabretooth gets blast as the rest of Blue Team shows up with Maverick in the background and yet another amazing panel of the team. Yeah. And so we get a bunch more fighting. Maverick gets them all out as they as they building starts blowing up. Maverick gets them all out in his little airplane thing he's got. Um, then we get more Mojo rising, another page <laughs> of Mojo. Um, then we go back to Germany. They basically agree to avoid an international incident by all pretending it didn't happen. Uh, Maverick still not revealing his past with Wolverine. And then Wolverine says that he's got some loose ends to tie up. And Cyclops says, uh, I don't know what you're up to. Wolverine says, I wasn't asking permission. And Cyclops says, and I'm not granting it. I am telling you to be careful. And call us if you need a hand. It's a very beautiful moment. Yeah. Some Wolverine. <clears throat> and so we then jump to a cemetery where the hand and Matsuo are digging up the grave of Janice. Hollenbeck, the spy, the double agent spy we talked about. Um, and as they're digging it up, <laughs> Wolverine bursts out of the coffin, uh, which seemed that took a lot of planning to uh, put Wolverine in it, bury the coffin back into the ground, make it look like it hasn't been tampered with, <laughs> so he can surprise Matsuo uh, in a pretty funny panel. Uh, He takes out the hand guys. Uh, The doctor starts to pull a gun on Wolverine, but then Maverick shows up and helps out as well. Um, And Maverick gets the carbon adium synthesizer, and then Wolverine disappears. Yep. Yep, yep. And that's that on that issue. This this issue had some of the best art of all four issues uh-huh. as far as like specific standout panels right i think it did um but i mean overall this the story's great it's a couple of a couple of funny moments as well yes yeah. some intentional some not <laughs> i don't right. know often when it's supposed to be funny or uh, or awesome but it was funny to me so i think some of both knowing knowing scott labdell um I like when we when we start the flashback and uh, Sabretooth, uh, he loves his birthdays. He goes, I'm going to go wish Ivan there a big old happy birthday. <laughs> right. you know, one of the things we know is that Sabretooth loves to torment Wolverine on his birthdays. So he's got a, he's got a little bit of a birthday fetish. But um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's see. 
Yeah, this is the one where he's like, why do you call me? Who are you calling Creed? Which I thought was really also kind of weird. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and do some research. I'm pretty sure that he has not only referred to himself as Creed before, but that we've seen in-story instances of, of Creed being his name. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I agree with that because if they were introducing Creed for the first time as Sabretooth's name, I feel like they would have spelled it out more in the comic. They don't really do that. He just kind of says Creed, and then he stuff with Creed, and then Sabretooth shows up. And I felt like, at least the way it was written, at least the way it came off to me, is that we already, as readers, would have known that Creed was Sabretooth. Now, whether Sabretooth remembers it or not, I guess that's the the big question. But, But as readers, we've already been introduced to that. And I don't remember that they've done a lot of Creed uh, Sabretooth flashback stuff. Although in in uh, in Wolverine Ten, does he use the word Creed? That's what I can't remember. I feel like yes, but I don't know. Like so too. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a Maverick joke where he's like, "What floor? <laughs> seven, seven, and he shoots the guy seven times. Yeah. <laughs> very 90s. Also a very 90s uh, joke. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, worth, worth mentioning that Cornelius sets Wolverine free. Um, yes. And then, yeah, I'm kind of with you. At that point, it's just really about how awesome all the pages are. Um, and you talked about the one of Wolverine breaking free. Him attacking the team shot. Those are just all great, great, great pages. Um, yeah. Um, There's the, the panel where um, where Maverick kicks the hand guys in the face while uh, Sabretooth is holding him upside down. I thought it was a, it was a pretty cool panel as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you talked about the Wolverine Cyclops scene. I really enjoyed that because I like them kind of being gruff with each other, not getting along, not always agreeing. Yeah. I don't like them hating each other. And so I, this is really like that sweet spot for me where yeah. where Wolverine kind of bites his head off. Like, I wasn't asking permission. And Cyclops is like, yeah, I know, I know. We don't really yeah. like each other, but... You know, we work well together. We respect each other. Uh, that's the kind of relationship I like between them. It's not necessarily friendly, but it's acknowledging uh, that they complement each other, that they work well on a team together, um, and that they are a family. Right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes family can be a pain in the butt. And um, you know, Cyclops here is saying, "Hey, you know what? You know." Maybe we don't get a, agree all the time or get along, but, you know, you're here with us. And even when, when Wolverine walks off and says, you know, I got family covering my back, Cyclops is like, now and forever, Logan, whether you want it or not. It's just a really, it's a really nice scene. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I said I, I was just agreeing. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. And then the the funny, funny... I think the funniest thing about the coffin scene is not maybe the time, but that is raining, and 
Uh, maybe the rain is why they wouldn't have noticed that the grave was tampered with. Like I'm trying to figure out like when they got there, they're like, oh. A recently dug grave. She died, you no, know, thirty years ago. Why does it look like <laughs> you know? But yeah, I know. That that's a weird that was a really weird thing. That as a as a kid I don't remember it catching my eye at all and just right. it's cool, but now thinking about it, it's like that's a really strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been to a lot of funerals since then. Yeah, I guess so. Not very many where someone snicks their way out of a coffin. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's pretty funny. But also, but it's still a great panel. I like that where he's where his hand comes out of it, and Matsuo's like, "Ah." Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah. So. uh I think this issue, like you said, it maybe is. I mean, the art's awesome in all the issues, but I think it maybe takes a step up at number seven. Um, and this looks really, really good. Uh, so, what do you think of the story overall? Overall, I think it's a great story. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, like I said already, I love any anything about Wolverine's past. I was huge a fan of, and I think this this holds up and. It, you know the 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 history connection is always interesting to me. Thinking about Berlin in the early 1960s, just kind of all the crazy stuff that happened was happening in reality uh, right. at that time. And then you add in kind of this other layer of, of the comic book world. Um, I think you know I find that fascinating. And so you know having Wolverine be connected into that that Cold War Cold War era espionage, the height of all that. Is fascinating, and then the other story. I mean, you know the the reading your mind to get some information. It's that's a pretty common story, you know, that you get in various comic books and various uh, media. We'll say, Uh, but I thought they did a good job with this one, and it wasn't, you know, some stories like this. You have a big plan that gets that that builds up like this, and then it kind of just all falls apart real fast, and then that's it. I thought they did a pretty good job of this one. I don't know. It, it made as much sense as it's going to make in this idea. Because, you know, he learns it. He gets the information. Uh, but ultimately, of course, Wolverine still outsmarts him within that. But it's not just like oh, we did all this effort and then just didn't work out. Because at the last second, everything fell apart. Yeah. I, I actually thought they did a pretty good job sticking the landing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, and Wolverine kind of pulls his Batman impersonation where, where Mavericks Commissioner Gordon left standing on the roof. Um, yeah. But it, it works It works well. It works well. Yeah, they did good. And uh, so I think, you know, based on your comments earlier, I think I enjoyed Omega Red a little more than you did. Um thought he was a pretty good foil. He's not as dominant in the story as I remembered. Um I mean, there's the main central plot of him, you know, trying to get this synthesizer so he can live, um, which I'm re- I'll be really curious to see next time he shows up, like how he's still how he's doing. <laughs> but um, I enjoyed him in this. I, I 
I felt like he, I felt like for this being the Omega Red saga, <laughs> I'm not sure that it was really about him all that much, really. Like he was kind of a side character to what the upstarts were doing. Yeah. And, and you know, Sabretooth was pretty prominent as well. So I don't, I don't know. I think, and I think that's kind of what I, what I meant with the thing about Omega Red is, is my, in this case, I, and I enjoyed it, but I always felt like there, like there should be more to this guy. Like there should do more with him. And even in this case, it's like he's he's there, but only there to fight Wolverine. And he's kind of dependent on them finding this thing so that he can live. Yeah, no. It's I think a, I think they set him up with potential to be like a long lasting I mean he's technically still around, so I guess you could say he is long lasting, but I mean, I don't know if he would ever have been like Sabretooth level for Wolverine, but maybe, you know, on the short list of bad guys, you know, like like bad guys that you remember for Wolverine, I think he could have could have and maybe should have been that. And so yeah, I think maybe over I think maybe get shortchanged a little bit. So I kinda of see what you're saying, but I, I did I thought the concept of him was really cool and the fighting with him was pretty cool. Um Yeah. So um, there was a. I wonder if there was a plan to bring him in, if that that they were going to do more with these Wolverine and the CIA past type stuff. And in that era, Omega Red would have been the the main enemy figure, which uh, is kind of the pairing of Wolverine, but he's the Soviet version. I don't know. I I, yeah. I just kind of wonder because it seems like they, there's a lot of setup to him, and then again, my memory of him, and I don't remember everything he's ever been in, but my memory of him is that he shows up periodically, and it's you know kind of the same thing. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's just kind of another villain. He's, there's not right. a big a big deep story to him, which this kind of introduces him like there could be, but I don't know that anybody ever did that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And some of that you wonder maybe because this is issue we got through issue seven. We only have a few more months of Jim Lee. So maybe some of those ideas walked out of the door with him. I mean we know he didn't script these, but he did have all the plots. So maybe some of that just never came to fruition because he left. I don't know. Wildcat. I know there's not because I've been listening to uh, uh, all the pouches which uh, John Wilson does about early image comic books how funny would it have been though if you go over to Wildcast and there's basically Omega Red (laughs) (laughs) he just did all those stories in that book that would have been funny funny yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe that is, maybe that is it. That was something he was trying to, in a in a in a Claremont way, he was trying to put a stamp on, on some big character, but no one else was interested, or at least not, right, interested in following through with with all that he set up here. Yeah. All right. Well, um, when do you want to grade the Omega Red Saga, as we, yeah, other than the name. Um, I mean, for me, this is, uh, story-wise, I think this is six out of six claws for me. Okay, me too. 
Yeah, I, at the beginning, I, you see, you kind of kind of bait and switched me a little bit. I figured, okay, <laughs> he didn't didn't really love this, but yeah, no, I, I thought I think this is peak stuff, and I remember this being one of my favorite stories of the early run of this book. Yeah, and I, you know, maybe something will change my mind, but I, I think it, it held up really well for me. I really, really enjoyed the heck out of it. I agree. I agree, and and I think the, the holding up is an important part of that because I think <clears throat> as we read a lot of these stories, that some of them they they're some of them they get dated, you know. But this right. one, I think this one's it's not doesn't feel dated at all, you know. Even compared to I mean, it's, I mean this is thirty years ago. We're talking about they're talking <laughs> about what happened thirty years ago. This was thirty years ago when this happened, right? <laughs> so for for this to really feel like a pretty fresh story. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's something that's saying something for, for what Jim Lee's doing for the, the mark he's leaving on the X-Men here. Yeah. Very cool. Suddenly feel really old. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My man. Well, um, any other kind of closing thoughts as we wrap up here? No. I'm uh, excited to see where this goes. I saw that uh, when I was flipping through the the thing here, I saw uh, episode X Men Eight is when uh, Bishop shows up, which is uh, oh yeah, yeah, Ben and Bishop. So, uh, yeah. I, if I remember right, I've not reread it yet, but if I remember right, there's a uh, Gambit charges a pie and throws. <laughs> throws <it at> Bishop. <laughs> That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, where can, where can people find you, Cameron? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cameron Sinclair. That's where I do most of my social media is through Twitter. I don't do a lot, but what I do is usually through that. So I'm on LinkedIn too, but that's uh, mostly just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Very good. Very good. All right. Well, uh, obviously for the podcast at Ghost Nick, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff are at SnickCast.podbean.com. As far as the podcast, I think up next we have some more Marvel Comics Presents. And then new comics started coming back out so we'll hopefully get the Scalabros back on to talk about some new issues sometime in the month of June um, so that's kind of what's what's coming down the way but Cameron thank you so much for coming on and chatting again I really appreciate it of course it's always a great time alright well until next time everybody hugs and snicks stay safe out there bye bye Later. And snacked.